You are listening to Elisha's Space Podcast, where we discuss topics of faith and mental health. Dr. Stephanie Brown is an ICF credentialed professional certified coach. She specializes in working with people who desire to show up as their best selves. Dr. Brown is recognized as the top 1% life coach by Yahoo Finance. Join us as we discuss the importance of showing love to yourself. Right. Well, today, audience, I am so, so excited to have Dr. Stephanie Brown with us today. She is a life coach and she specializes in working with women, particularly in the area of having balance in their lives and just walking in a place of peace. And with that in mind, with it being warmer months. I mean, it's so hot. Air conditioning is your friend overall. So she's going to share with us some tips that we can do for self-care for the summer. And Stephanie, I just thank you for coming. And I think you're an amazing person, but you already know that. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. This is one of my all-time favorite topics to talk about. So thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. And audience, you'll notice that there's a dynamic between us. We are friends, so we may giggle and all that other stuff, but we're still serious. So we're going to have a lot of fun as we talk to you guys. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your story, how you got to this path. Let our people get to know you. I am a physician who, in the interest of her own self-care, decided to leave full-time medical practice. I made that decision. Yeah, it was a pretty big decision. I made that decision just about six months ago at the beginning of 2022. As you can imagine, being in the healthcare field throughout the pandemic was very rough. And I know The pandemic was rough for a lot of people, but in the healthcare field, it was very rough and I definitely was not taking care of myself. So I started this journey a few years before then when I realized again as a physician that I felt like I was on this hamster wheel of just doing, 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 and I didn't really feel like I thought I was going to feel once I had all of these things, I had the career, the family, the house, all of these things, but still didn't quite really feel like I thought I would feel. And at that point in time, I started working with a life coach and I hadn't heard of life coaches before then, but when I worked with her, oh my goodness, it completely just transformed my life because she made me realize that I had much more power than I thought that I did that I really was not a pawn in the chess game, but I was actually a queen on the chess board and I could make whatever mood that I needed to make. And so I just needed to change some of the things that were internal to me because they were a reflection of what was going on on the outside. And so after I did that, I always knew I wanted to be a physician and I wanted to help people heal, but I realized that I cared more about holistic healing than just physical healing. I wanted to help people heal socially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. 
And that's the same thing that I feel about self-care, that it has to be holistic. We can't just take care of one aspect because we are human beings and it all works together. I know that didn't just happen to you. I know that happened to many other people because it happened to me the last three or four years, especially the year 2020. A lot of people did reevaluation and determine what is important to me. And, and there's been a lot of career changes. I know for me, I did my practice full time because I also did something similar and it said, what is important to me? What is valuable to me? And I don't think, Stephanie, I ever asked myself that question, mm-hmm. especially as a mom, as a, somebody that owns a business like you do, just living life. I've probably asked myself that question, but I usually take in other people. But this time I asked myself, what is most important to me? And I think that was a big role for me in my own self-care journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you did that because that allows you to be here with us and to pour into all of the people that you pour into. Same thing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. So I interrupted you when you were sharing your story and how you got to where you are. And what was the final thing that made you decide this was the route that you wanted to go in? So as I was working with my life coach, one of the things that I did was I took that time to do what you did and ask what is valuable to me. And Mm -hmm. so I spent weeks in intensive coaching, figuring out what it was that I wanted. And that was something I hadn't asked myself. I knew when I was nine years old, I wanted to be a doctor. I was on this path. It was like a horse with those blinders on. I just went on this path and I never stopped to ask myself, well, what is it that once I leave this earth that I know I want to have left behind? What is it that when I meet my maker, I want them to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so it took peeling back a lot of layers and a lot of self-work to figure that out. And I realized it really was working with women to help them heal and then to help them fulfill their highest destiny. And then to help all of us, you and me, and all of us to come together and help one another. And we've been doing that. And I do that with so many other women. And it's so powerful once we come together as we're doing our own healing work and we can come together with pure hearts, wanting to help each other. Our impact is just a hundredfold more than it would be if we were just doing it by ourselves. And so I became a life coach and started my practice and then worked towards that for several years, knowing that my goal was to leave medicine and finally left medicine January 2022. Congratulations on you following what is meaningful to you. Thank you. And how did your family react to the shift and the changes that you made? How did you explain it to your close friends and how did they respond to that? I think most people look at you a little sideways when you say that you're going to leave medicine. (laughs) Um, I think most people expect that when you make so much sacrifice to have a career as a physician, that that's what you're going to do. And that's what the medical field assumes too. And they assume it to the point that they expect you to give your life to medicine. Mm. And I was making a different choice. So I had to deal with a lot of people, well-meaning, who were trying to fit what it was I decided I wanted to do into a mold of still being a doctor. Well, you can have a medical practice that is focused on holistic things. And I was like, 
but I know that that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. So I had to be very patient with those around me and realize that they were speaking from their own fears, right? Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to lose a valued member of a community. We clearly need healthcare providers and physicians. And it felt for a while like they didn't see me. They didn't see who I was. So it took them time to be able to see me. And now my friends are very supportive. And it took me finding my voice and being able to speak up. I had to advocate for myself and I had to use my voice. And now that everybody in my circle is very supportive and they see the impact that I'm able to have and what I'm doing now. Yeah, I think that means a lot when people can see that. From past conversations we've had, you've talked about how a lot of times in your practice, you talk with women about self-care. What are some things you can share with us regarding self-care when we have to be careful of being outside in the heat so much? Mm -hmm. So I think as women, like what you mentioned earlier, when you were going on your own journey, you took other people into consideration. Right. For us as women, sometimes it's hard for us to completely focus on ourselves and what our needs are. We're so used to taking everybody else into consideration. So when I talk to women about self-care, I talk about practical things, but I also talk about that deeper level of really giving yourself permission to make yourself a priority. A lot of us have grown up thinking that putting ourselves first is being selfish. Self-care is not selfish. You have to put your own oxygen mask on first. We have to preserve ourselves first. And I would say that if we look at society, it almost at times feels like women are under attack with all of the different things that are going on in the world. There's lots of misogyny. There's lots of things going on that we really do have to put ourselves first in order to be everything that we can be in our lives. So I think the summertime is a little bit easier for us to think about self-care because it's summer. It's a time most of us think about planning vacations and taking time off work. We think about time for fun and relaxation, which is great because sometimes we don't do enough of those things. We think about our grooming. We've got our manis and our petties scheduled, the whole nine. We might even go back to some of our hobbies in the summertime, which is fantastic. But summer only lasts three months and a vacation only lasts one week. The best thing that we can do in the summertime is really invest in our self-care and take it to the next level, which is what I call radical self-care. Essence declared that 2022 is the year of radical self-care for Black women because we need it. For me, the definition of self-care is if you think about a cup, And when you're working, when you're taking care of your family, when you're working in the community, you're pouring out of that cup. Self-care is pouring back into that cup. And Mm -hmm. that's how we keep ourselves full. And this is a great time when we're already thinking about having fun and taking care of ourselves. Let's invest in radical self-care. And so I have just three things to think about as we do that. The first thing is that it's holistic, like I spoke about. So think about your self-care in terms of physical. So definitely drinking your water since it's hot outside. Definitely moving your body, getting the rest that you need. You'd be amazed at how many people don't realize that sleep is part of self-care. And then making sure that 
mentally, if we have any stress, anxiety, or depression, that we're taking care of those things. We're taking care of our mind just as much as we would take care of our bodies emotionally making sure that we're not watching too much of the 24-hour news cycle, which can cause us to have emotional reactions. We're not spending time around toxic people. We're not taxing our emotions in such a way that's negative. Spiritually, whatever spiritual practice we have that we're doing that for ourselves, whether it's meditation, whether it's prayer, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's going to church, and then socially, It's difficult because we still have this semi-pandemic going on, but we are social beings. We're meant to be in community with one another and not staying in our own little silos, but finding ways to connect to other people, finding ways to connect to the community, all of those things. So those are some tips that I have for self-care in the summer. I have lots more, but I'll just start there. (laughs) I think you use the example of the cup. And I use that example because it's such a good example, because there's only so much you can fill up in a cup. So you have to make time for self-care, because after a while, if you are constantly pouring out in some size, shape or form, there's nothing to come out the cup. You have to pour into yourself in order to do what you have for your daily functions. And then something else that you mentioned too that I want to touch on, there is a Bible verse, and I'm actually planning to do more teaching on this Bible verse, and it talks about the two commandments that Jesus gave us. It was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first commandment. And then the second commandment was, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So a lot of people think, that you should love your neighbor and then you third. But see, it's a play on words as you love yourself. So as you take care of yourself, you're able to pour out into others. So it's a play on words that you have to pay attention to when you read that. But it's not saying that you deny you in order to be there for others. In other words, You take care of you so that you can be there for others. And I think that's so important because part of the reason why so many people are feeling stress and anxiety, especially Black women, is because we are constantly pouring out in some size, shape, or form. We have our jobs. We have our careers. We have our family. We have things that we volunteer, our place of worship. We're constantly pouring out. We are the backbones of our families. Truly, we are the backbones of our families. Whether married or not, we are the backbone. And it's so important to practice self-care because if you don't, after a while, you won't have anything to pour out to others. So it's just something to think about. And I find that verse to be so powerful. And that made me think about that when you were telling your story. But you have to hydrate and you have to get rest, restorative health, not just rest, but restorative health, where you're actually sleeping and not worrying or being upset about things. True sleep. So those are just my thoughts. It's really interesting that you brought up that scripture because that's definitely one that I use as well. 
um, Mm -hmm. is love your neighbor as yourself, which means that you have to love yourself first to be able to even know how to love your neighbor. Right. Yeah. And it's similar to the quote that goes around about how you teach people how to treat you. So the way you love yourself and the way you take care of yourself teaches other people how to treat you. So just like you were saying, we focus on taking care of other people. And I have a story like you were talking about rest. So I have a friend who is a CEO of a major company. It's a big cosmetic company and she's very busy. And we were at a conference together and she was on a panel and she was talking about They were asking, what is it that you guys do? You're so busy. You have these high power jobs for self-care. And she said something and there was a gasp in the audience when she said it, because she said that since she was about 25 years old, she makes sure that every night she gets nine hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. She said every night she gets nine hours of sleep. And that is just, that's non-negotiable for her. And she's been doing that since she was about 25. So at least 20 years, that's been her practice. And that self-care practice has allowed her to be extremely successful in her career. Whereas a lot of the clients that I work with are staying up late because they want to finish this project or they need to finish that. And I asked her, I was like, how do you do that? She said, the work is always going to keep coming. It's never going to be done. I just decide that at this time, I start my bedtime routine and whatever's not done, we'll have to wait until the next day because my sleep is important. And so many of us feel guilty for putting ourselves first enough to make that bedtime a non-negotiable boundary and to go to sleep and get our proper rest. And if she can do it and she's running this several million dollar company and being successful at it, then we can do it too. Right. I think I had read somewhere. I don't know if she's still doing this, but I know that Beyonce, at least once upon a time, she was doing this. She would make sure to give herself two days off where she would just have time to play. She would force herself to just take out time. She would have a day of rest. And how many of us take days of rest? Right. That's awesome. And she's one of the most productive people that I know. It looks like she is always working all of the things she's producing, but clearly she has other people who are working with her. So I guess she works smarter and not necessarily harder, but she works hard and then gives herself the time to rest and play hard too. And also, y'all, I'm not a big Beyonce fan, but I'm just using that as an example. But I will just say that, too, because <laughs> people are probably wondering, Elisha doesn't really play Beyonce too much. No, I don't. I don't play Beyonce that much, but I do respect I respect her hustle. I'll say that. I truly mm-hmm. respect her hustle. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that she does take off a day for herself because she does have so much that she has to carry. And I'm of the belief that the more you have to carry the more you have to pay attention to self-care. Otherwise, you will just crumble. Absolutely. Um, You know, you have to make it a priority. Just like when I talk with people about depression and anxiety, and I talk about things like deep breathing and, and being mindful and being intentional, this is something you have to be intentional about. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it, it has to be something that you put into your schedule and that it's not always an easy thing to do, but it's something that is a necessary thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
How would you suggest that self-care can be implemented in our everyday routines, especially if we have such busy schedules? We are not necessarily post-pandemic, but things are picking up and we are becoming busy or busier than we were before the year 2020. So how would you suggest these things can be implemented so it's a smooth transition for us? That's a great question. You said something, what you said was the thing that I always recommend is put it in your schedule. Oftentimes we write everybody else in our schedule. We put our kids, doctor's appointments, we put our work commitments, but we don't necessarily put ourselves in our schedule. So that's the one thing that we should do. But the other thing we really have to do is we really have to figure out there are things that we know that are good for ourselves that we don't do. For me, it might be exercise. Like since the pandemic, I struggle with getting the amount of exercise in that I know I need to do. When there's something that you know you need to do and you're not doing it, typically it's not a time issue. It's more of an energy issue, right? And there are energy blocks, things that block us from doing what it is that we know we need to do for our self-care. So I believe that we have to start deep. We have to start there and figure out what might be blocking us from doing those things that we need to do, whether it's eating the healthy diet or spending the time in exercise or drinking the water or doing the meditation or doing the journaling or dancing or singing or whatever it is that we need to do to fill our cup. What is it that is blocking us energetically from doing that? And I came up with an assessment that measures what might be blocking you from really taking your self-care to that radical level that I was talking about. And there are four core energy blocks, I believe, that block you from doing anything that you want to do. If there's a goal that you have and you're stuck and you're not getting there, there's four core energy blocks. And so when it comes to self-care, these are the four that I believe that tend to block us. The first one is self-love. And you touched on it a little bit when you talked about sometimes we feel like love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's where it starts. It starts with you love God first. And then after God, loving yourself is that second commandment because then you're going to love your neighbor that way. And sometimes we have blocks around loving ourselves and uncovering that block and moving that out of the way and releasing the energy from that can help us to say, okay, I know that I want to eat these healthy foods because I love myself and I want to be here to see my kids and my grandkids grow up. And the way I'm showing myself love today is by eating a salad with beautiful different colors and drinking water so that I'm able to treat the vessel that I have here on earth well, so that I will be here to see my kids and my grandkids. So discovering if that's the block and addressing it. The second block is overcoming limiting beliefs. Sometimes there's things that we were taught or things that we were told as children that limit us now. They no longer serve us. There are these stories that we tell ourselves, such as I'm lazy if I sit around and watch a couple episodes of Netflix. That makes me lazy. If you are exhausted and you just need to veg out, then maybe what you need in that moment your self-care in that moment is sitting and watching a couple episodes of Netflix and releasing that limiting belief that makes you lazy can free you up to be able to 
focus on your self-care. Okay. I've had people who cannot say no to their jobs because if I'm not working, then what am I doing? Then I need to be cleaning the house. Then I need to be doing that. And so those are some limiting beliefs that keep them going and going and going and not allowing themselves to restore and replenish and rest. The third block is adaptability. Sometimes we're so rigid and set in our ways that we're not able to be adaptable and nimble enough. And in order to really care for ourselves, we can't just completely have a meltdown if things don't go our way. We need to be nimble and adaptable enough to be able to go with the flow and to realize, okay, it didn't go this way the way I thought it would go, but it went this way and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth thing is to realign with our most authentic selves. Some of us are wearing masks and we are on a trajectory that was set up for us that we never chose. And we're not being our most authentic self. And when we're not being our most authentic self, it's really hard to care for ourselves and care for our souls because we're detached. And it takes a lot of energy to wear a mask. It takes a lot of energy to perform and to be something that you think you're supposed to be versus being yourself. And so when you get past that block, that opens you up to a world of radical self-care as well. That is so good. That is so good. From what you're speaking about when it comes to radical self-care, it sounds like it's forcing the individual to be present, Mm -hmm. to be in your space. Because a lot of times we're always working towards something. But when you practice these steps of self-care, you're also recognizing where you currently are and just enjoying to be in that place as well. Mm. So you're enjoying your present. And I don't think we do that too much. We don't really sit down and really say, okay, this is where I'm at. The other thing I would add to what she said is we're not robots. We have our computers, we have our cell phones, we have our Fitbits, and they tell us all these things that we need to do. And they help us, or supposed to anyway, help us to be more efficient with things. But we're not robots, we're human beings. And there is nothing wrong with vegging out on an afternoon on Netflix. But there's nothing wrong with taking out time for yourself because you're right, we are people. We are meant for community. We are meant to be connected with one another. That's why relationships are so important. And I feel like a lot of times the lack of self-care has made us more isolated in a way because we're not connecting with ourselves nor the others around us. So it's so important to practice self-care. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. That's the other thing that I say about self-care. I have a worksheet that I use with some people in my coaching group, and I have them list all of the things that they're doing and then all of the ways that they are being. And I point out that the being things are the self-care. That's what's Mm -hmm. refilling their cup. And that the doing things is what they're pouring out. That's what's emptying their cup. And so I look at it that way too. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was talking with a friend of mine a few years ago, and when she told me, she said, Elisha, you're not a machine. That resonated with me. She said, if you need to take an afternoon nap, girl, you go ahead and you take your afternoon nap. (laughs) Because we don't do that. I do it now. But you know what I'm saying? We don't do Mm -hmm. things like that because we think, like you mentioned, oh, you're being lazy. 
or, oh, I should be doing this, this, and this. If it's meant to be done, it will get done. Yep. I love that. If it's meant to be done, it will get done. Yep. So you said some amazing things. I know you had talked about your self-care assessment that you have. I would like for you to talk about the class that you have on self-care and how can people contact you if they would like to get in contact with you? Yeah, definitely. The course, it's an online course and it's self-paced, but it's meant to be done in about 21 to 30 days. It typically takes 21 days to develop a new habit minimum, right? So if you're trying to develop a habit to have radical self-care and really make your self-care a number one priority, then we spend those 21 days. And it's based on the premise that self-care is very personal. Like Mm -hmm. I listed those four different energy blocks. Your block is going to be different than my block. Right. And so the assessment tells you what your primary block is and what your secondary block is. And then the course focuses on that. So you're not just getting a whole list of things that you can do for self-care because we all know all of the different things we can do for self-care. But what is it that I need to do? to take my self-care to the next level? What are the challenges that I have that I can address specifically? Because we are all busy and we have limited amount of time. So when you take this assessment and you find out your specific needs analysis, and then the course will take you on a path that's designed for your specific needs analysis. And it'll be one of those four main tracks that I talked about. And it's a series of modules that you'll do on the computer and then questions that you'll reflect on, like coaching questions that I would ask you if we were coaching one-on-one. So you get the benefit of having a life coach and having those questions, but you get to do it on your own. So there are no Zoom meetings. And then at the end, you develop your own self-care plan because you also ask about how can you develop a routine. I believe that when you develop your own self-care plan, So you've developed the habits in the 21 to 30 days, and then you take habits and create routines with those new habits. And so you develop your own self-care plan, which is going to put those routines into place that are going to become a part of your life. And you do get to have a 30-minute session with me if you want to discuss your self-care plan or if you want to discuss any challenges that you're having. And then you put your plan into action. You write it in your calendar. You make it a part of your everyday life. And if you start to do those things, you will notice those breakthroughs that you talked about. Like now, you take your afternoon nap without guilt. And Because you are focusing on your self-care, you're able to do more in your business and you're able to serve more people and you're able to experience more joy and more peace, which is how we started the conversation, right? Right. And how can people contact you if they'd like to get in contact with you, Stephanie? Yes, you can contact me on my email. It's stephanie at stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And my website is sbcoaching.club. So sbcoaching.club or email me at stephanie at stephaniebrowncoaching.com. I want to thank you for coming in today and for talking with the audience at Elisha Space. I have different people that come in and we talk about boundaries and we talk about self-care quite a bit. But to have an actual plan where you can assist and support people with 
helping them to set up a plan for self-care. I think that's so powerful. So I want to thank you for coming in. And audience, this is not the last time you will hear from Stephanie. I know I've said that about some of my other past guests, but truly this is not the last time. We are in the process of setting up work, doing some other projects that I'm not going to share with you guys about because then that'll spoil the excitement around it. But we're working on some projects together and we're very excited about it. And you will be able to utilize and get to know her better as well. And she's excited to work with you. So I thank you, Stephanie, for coming in. And audience, as you go forward in your healing journey, I encourage you to walk in your peace. I encourage you to walk in wholeness. And I encourage you to be in a place where you are free. So thank you for coming in and audience until we talk again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Elisha's Space, where we discuss issues of mental health and faith. Like our shows? Subscribe so you can be in the know of upcoming episodes. Now go, move forward in your healing journey.